Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jones of all ages, welcome to the main event of the evening. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Steve. Oh, yo! Yo, Joe! Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief Doggy Dog, joined by the S Club. No, it's S Jub. Ain't no party like an S Jub party. God, I don't even know my co host's name. How are you, my friend? Awesome, dude. You are blowing my speakers out. Oh, jeepers. Jeez, a Beautiful, beautiful. A little bit more Chief, please. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you why that is? I'm excited because. <laughs> We, if you're a regular listener to the show, well, two reasons I'm excited. One's going to be apparent soon. But the first one is regular listeners will know the Chief loves a hobby. And oh, um, he's only man. gone and got himself a new one. Fill us in, Chief. Fill us in. <laughs> well, let's just recap quickly. Uh, and they're time-consuming, expensive hobbies. So, of course, I had <laughs> the comic hobby, where at my peak I probably had 12,000 comics, I would say. That's not cheap. Uh, then I went into comic art collecting about 10 years ago, getting sketches and commissions from artists probably got over 500 that ain't cheap i can tell you that for free then i was in board games and i got this one called star wars imperial assault which has got loads of minis i've got like a hundred mini figures that need painting that ain't cheap then i got into well i'm looking now turning around i'm looking at my <laughs> video games i got the wait a minute let me have a look i've got the nes the snes the master system the mega drive the sat and the dreamcast I see a gamecube there i see a ps1 2 3 and 4 an xbox 360 uh Oh yeah, there's an N64 there as well, and I think that's about it. That ain't cheap, buying retro games on that. What else do I do? Oh yeah, and then I had a nervous breakdown about uh, two months ago and decided to spend £800 on scale electric slot car racing to fill up my loft, and that ain't cheap. Oh, uh, Ben, former co-host, uh, came came round the other day and we had a we had a four-hour burn-up on the scale electric track, so I'll be posting pictures and images of that, fun to see. And then two weeks ago, as listeners will know, I decided to dip my toe into the action figure world. Not really dipping my toe, kind of my whole body, because I went balls deep. And uh, I think I've got 18 six-inch action figures across many different lines. I'll post pictures up on that. Had a turtle shipment arrive today, actually. Playmates 2012 turtles figures found on a gum tree, which is, I guess, kind of like a Craigslist kind of thing. And uh, 15 quid for four Turtles figures. Very good, very good. But still no Joes? Uh, still no Joes because, I'll tell you what, the only ones I could get hold of, there's only three available in the UK online, and that is Destro, Scarlet and Roadblock. Um, so I've ordered those, but the problem was I ordered them with a uh, Black Series, Star Wars Black Series, Beskar Armour Mandalorian figure, and that is on pre-order. So because that's a pre-order, they haven't shipped my shipment of joe's they're waiting for the pre-order to come in before they ship everything so anyway they'll come in and i'm waiting on back orders on snake eyes etc and all and duke is the one i really want he looks quality and then um today i went down to my local uh, hobby craft store and spent 60 pounds on hobby stuff because i'm going to start making action figure dioramas out of nowhere basically watched some videos last night thinking i want to do some toy photography and they're all got all the inside ones have got these uh cool dioramas of buildings and stuff oh yeah do that spent three hours watching uh, how to make dioramas and then just bought a load of stuff so we'll see how that goes well, chief you got the stuff man you've been painting miniatures and like making up little bases for them 
So yeah. you know the techniques. Yes, now you're just going to blow maybe. it up big style to like what is it? <laughs> one, 1 to 12 scale. Nice. 1 to 12 scale, yes. Everything's mm-hmm. got to be bigger. That's the problem. Um, but oh, anyway. Well, at I, least uh, you don't have to cheat scale so much. Like grass will look like grass, you know? I guess, I guess. Like the kind of foliage that you buy at hobby stores will really work for the, the six inch guys. Anyway, yeah. what do I know? I'm a slave to scale. What have you been up to? Well, f- keeps me on toes. I, my job, but the money. Chief, somebody is burgling my words. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's a knock on the door. Who is it? Oh, it's the word burglar. <laughs> What's happening? Yo, I heard there was some Joe talk going on, so I had to, uh, I had to pop in and, uh, and get in on this action. Snuck in like a blue ninja. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't call me a blue ninja. Oh, <laughs> a Russian car game master. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, what a treat! What a treat! That's right. It's uh, rap legend straight out of Canada. Word burglar, GI Joe fan, nostalgia retro man. Uh, comic book writer as well, let's say that, and uh, rapper extraordinaire with his fantastical lyrics. How are you, sir? I'm so good. I'm feeling energized. I was just up all night reading G.I. Joe comics, uh, which is, you know, a normal thing that happens around here. And uh, <laughs> now I'm glad I've got some people to talk to them about. <laughs> oh, wicked, wicked. Uh, that's Very what this cool. is all cool. about. It's kind of cathartic. It's like we spend so much time sitting on our opinions about G.I. Joe, but Talking Joe is where... It's in the title, baby. We just yeah, talking yeah. some Joe. Absolutely. I mean, and that's you know just rereading these issues that we're going to dig into. It's just so energizing and reaffirming of all those things that you're like, yes, you know, I love this. Oh, I forgot, I love this part, and uh, and so it's always great to revisit. Um, and the, these particular issues I hadn't revisited in a while, so it's it was really good to dig them out of the uh, the long box. Yeah, so, oh, well, I'm, gonna, I'm going straight in with questions before we get to that. So you sure, mentioned sure. long box there. Are you a singles man, a trade man, a digital? <laughs> where, where does your loyalty lie? I am definitely physical. I, I get a lot. I get very physical. I've been <laughs> buying floppy, the floppies, as, uh, as we like to call them, the single issues, you know, since I was a kid, going to the gas stations and corner stores, wherever I could find them, the grocery store. Like, that's where I grew up getting my comics, finding comics out of order. You know, my first G.I. Joe issues, you know, I got all out of order, and I'd go to different corner stores, and they'd have, you know, issues that were months old, and you never knew what was going on. And then, I, of course, I discovered comic shops, and then just got deeper and deeper. And I worked at two different comic shops, Strange Adventures in Halifax and Silver Snail in Toronto. And uh, so I got a job working at a comic shop in high school, and then just got all in on like graphic novels and trade paperbacks and Hardcovers. Uh, I have never been able to do the digital comics that well. Like I release, uh, you know, my comics come out on digital as well as physical. But for reading, I just I need that tactile. I need to turn that page. I need to be able to flip back and forth. I just need to hold paper. The smell. The smell. <laughs> yeah, the I, s- I like. Oh man, I was just reading my old special missions, like the original run um, from the eighties, nineties, yeah. and I open them up and oh that smell is so good just that like beautiful paper and you know the newsprint and baxter paper oh yeah it's 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 that whole experience it's same thing with like music you know holding a record holding a cd being able to look at the art and open things up and interact with the art whether it's putting the 
the vinyl on your turntable or the CD in your CD yeah. thing. I just find that whole experience, you know, it, it's it's just better. I mean, digital, look, it's great. I'm not going to hate because it's fantastic for comic readers, but given the option, I'm physical all day. Yeah. Well, uh, we were maybe going to save us for later, but I want to dig into this now. You mentioned the vinyl. You have actually, word has reached my shell-like ears, that there is a uh, an upcoming project which uh, people might want to know about. Yes. Uh, w- Welcome to Cobra Island, which is an album I put out in 2013, which uh, I think we can say is pretty much inspired by my lifelong love of all things G.I. Joe and Cobra, from toys to the cartoons to the comics to everything. I made this album as just sort of, you know, a labor of love, put it out in 2013. It's available online for free download to this day. You can go get it. And let me just add to that, Bergie. It is the definitive album for anyone connected to G.I. Joe fandom. Like, if if people are listening to this podcast and not aware of Cobra Island, ho, ho, ho. Boy, have they got a treat in store for their audio canals. Well, I'm I'm very honored. Thank you. Um, no, dude. Props. Big time. People have asked me over the years if I was ever going to put it on vinyl, and I've always, always wanted to. And now uh, it, there's a good opportunity. I mean, the album's seven years old now, and people are still checking it out and listening to it. And I'm so, I'm so happy that people enjoy it because it's really me just showing what I love about G.I. Joe and trying to make everything fit into one world from every angle of the Sunbow to the Marvel to IDW to DIC to the even, you know, the movies, the live action movies, like little facets and little things here and there and like how, you know, if you were playing with your Joes and you've kind of got it all in your head, like how all this stuff could actually work. So that was my goal and I've always wanted to put it on vinyl Now I have the opportunity to do it because Bandcamp uh, are offering crowdfunding opportunities to artists for certain albums to be put on vinyl. And I figured, let's try it out. So, yeah, hopefully if we can get enough people to support it, uh, we will uh, be able to finally release Welcome to Cobra Island on wax, which would be amazing to have that nice, nice piece of vinyl to just put on and, and rock out to. The important question is, how do people get involved in this? How do, how do we go about funding it, making it happen? Okay, so as of this recording, the date of launch is September 15th. It's going to, going to go live, and then there's 30 days to get the thing funded. Uh, there's a few different options. You can buy just the vinyl, or you can you know support at higher tiers. We've got a, a bunch of uh, cool little uh, incentives that are uh, still getting narrowed down as of this recording, but I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about them. Links will be available on wordburglar.com, which is my website, or you can follow me. I'm on Instagram, at the wordburglar, and Twitter, wordburglar, or Facebook. I mean, really, if you type in wordburglar, I, I think I'm the, I'm the only one in <laughs> yeah. the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and then it will be available on Bandcamp. So if you've ever even, I think if you've downloaded Cobra Island on, on Bandcamp for free, that's where the vinyl launch is going to be there as well. So, uh, and yeah, this is just to really cover the costs and, and get the vinyl manufactured. And it's going to be made to order. So if you want the vinyl, this is the way to do it. And uh, we're just making it for this run. So, I think um, as long as there's international shipping, I think you've got two two <laughs> pledges right here anyway. So, uh, well, I, yeah. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, out of all my records, this is the one that people keep asking 
if of it's course. coming to vinyl. And I don't, I, I think it's because we're of that era, maybe like, you know, Joe fandom and I, it's growing and growing, but obviously like a lot of, you know, eighties and nineties babies, I think are, are the bulk of the, the Joe fandom and, uh, and they remember vinyl. So I, although uh, let's, let's not discount space first cause that is an absolute belter as well. So, well, thank you. Yeah. Hey, if this goes well, I'd be totally up. And if there, if people want to see everything out on vinyl, I would love to do that. But you know, right now I've just got my fingers crossed that we can get, uh, get this one made because i i mean personally i'm just doing it for me i want a copy of this on vinyl <laughs> you know I, yes, I always sir. joke that you know i make my own album so i get free copies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with uh, yeah nice um i'm just going to jump into a listener question here straight away before we dig into snacks because this kind of talking about welcome to cobra island and you were talking it's it's the distillation of all your loves of all things joe and phil kind of said which holds the most affinity to you the comics the toys the cartoon or he said uh, dare i even say the movies well i mean honestly i have to go with larry's original run on you know larry's original marvel run is just you know unparalleled just in anything uh like that is such a consistent, incredible story. Easily, I mean, for the first hundred and twenty-six issues, that's sort of my magical pocket. And then, uh, you know, it slows down Damn, a bit. When you get... Word, what happened in one twenty-seven to sour it for you? <laughs> well, towards the end, no. Hey, look, I you love got it, it down all. to the issue number. I'm going to check out what <laughs> happened in one twenty-seven. Oh, uh, one twenty-seven has the DEF. One twenty-six is the Firefly issue, right? Okay. So I feel uh, like yeah. that for me was kind of like a capping point, and then the next, you know, the next twenty-five or so odd issues. There's some amazing issues in that final run, of course, like the finale, Letter from Snake Eyes. We've got another great origin of Snake Eyes issue. There's some goofy stuff with the Transformers and Ninja Force, which honestly is pretty fun to just like, and you know, there's some great Cobra Commander dialogue in like 150 and just, I mean, Cobra Commander is just so brilliant and rereading the issues today, like the way Larry writes Cobra Commander, I feel like when he pours so much into Cobra Commander whenever he writes him and and the dialogue, it's so good. Um, But yeah, that Marvel run, I think is probably to answer the question. Marvel, Sunbow is obviously where I first really fell in love with these characters outside, because other than the toys I had and then being able to watch the cartoon, I've got a lot of love for Sunbow, like so much love. And I think they both can coexist as, you know, two sides of the Joe coin. Um, You know, I'm a huge fan of Larry's stuff, which obviously is rooted more in, you know, it's still fantasy, but there's so much action adventure and, and, you know, the military and and the team stuff going on. And where Sumbo gets more into the outlandish, absurd Cobra love, you know, people turning into bait, you know, children, like so many wild things, you know, all Dr. Mindbender schemes. That stuff's so fun. When you're a kid, it's so fun. And, uh, you know, I love Cobra Law a lot, too. So I've, uh, I have no problems with the Cobra Law world, and I have no problem with the uh, Hamaverse. Which, That's uh, actually my, my favorite track on the Welcome to Cobra Island is the Cobra Law track. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I wanted to make it. That song is about 
two Cobra Vipers who don't want to go to Cobra Law. And I yeah. just, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're just working for Cobra, you signed up because, hey, you know, whatever, I, I you know, I, I'm unscrupulous and I don't mind working for this evil terrorist organization and whatever, I'm, what am I going to do? Like clean a couple fire bats and, you know, just hang out <laughs> at the Terradrome and play poker and stuff at night and, you know, maybe get knocked out by an invader here or there, but I'll be okay. But, uh... But then you think of these guys being told, hey, no, by the way, there's an evil uh, ancient snake uh, <laughs> civilization, uh, and they mutate people, and we're going there. Uh, so come on, come with <laughs> Best of luck, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that song was a lot of fun. And um, I know I every now and then I'll encounter someone who, who just tells me they hate Cobra La, and Cobra La ruined Joe, and I just see it as a complete opposite. Uh, being a kid watching that movie, it just cracked my brain open and yeah. it was like what everything i know is a lie yeah. and then of course you go read the comic book and then they were doing the whole fred seven story at the time which was different it's probably the same people that kind of didn't like the cobra last stuff are probably the same people that everyone's entitled to like what they want but this is probably the same people that didn't really get on with the tom showley 12 issue transformers gi joe crossover because um, you know, I don't know if you've read that, but I have. Uh, I've I have the the floppies and the hardcover. Okay, yeah, equally yeah. wacky, but well, more wacky, but just uh, just superb. We 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 discussed that. We actually had Tom on a, on an episode of uh, Talking Joe, and uh, we discussed the book with him. And uh, yeah, love it. I would love to listen to that. I love that series. And again, it's completely different. It's wacky, but at its core, there's love there. My issue with some of the interpretations, and I won't name names, but there have been a few Joe comics that have come out in recent years that you just look at and you're like, this has not been done by anyone who has any care or respect for any aspect of this property. And it's just a slap in the face. And, uh, I will say the Tom Scioli one was not that. I love that Tom Scioli. It was just like playing with a box of toys yep. and trying to make all these crazy ideas of Transformers and G.I. Joe work together. And I just think that that was a brilliant, fun... Like reading it, I felt like, you know, I'm like seven years old just playing with every toy that I could find and, and making just crazy adventures. And it, it was brilliant. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but I digress. Um, listen, I'm getting hungry here because it is 2.34 and just, <laughs> I'm always hungry. It's uh, morning for you and uh, it's probably almost bedtime for you, S-Jobs. So uh, let's go for the snack police. Oh, before we go to the snack police, um, I, yeah, I've got two names for Bergy. He can be the Burgenator or Burgosaurus Rex. <laughs> I'll go, go Burgenator when we're Burgenator. on this 80s tip that sounds appropriate for sure okay right uh, let's see if the Burgenator's got a snack because it's time for the snack police potato chips crisps biscuits and candy washing them down with a whiskey or a brandy chewy sweets cookies belting and jerky snacks running fear because we got them at our mercy we're snackers attackers bad mother truckers and we're eating all the crackers munchers crunchers knock out snacks like we're heavyweight punchers Snack police are in there. His house. Okay, we're here live. Three of us head to head snacks. I've actually got two with me. I can't decide which one to go with. And because it's morning time um, and you're kind of trailing us in the time zone wise, what have you got for us, Burgenator? 
Well, yes, being back. Am I back in time or am I ahead of time? Yeah, it's a crazy time paradox that only a DeLorean can solve, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, it is morning where, where I'm recording in, uh, in the Wordberg lair over here. Yeah. And uh, I, my snack, I, I could not say no. My wife baked this incredible, it's called, it, she calls it olive oil blueberry cake. And Ooh. it is a delight. It's fluffy, it's flaky, it's rich, it's crumbly, it's moist, it's got fresh blueberries in it, and it is sweet, and I'm having some right now, and okay. I tell you, it goes now, so good with coffee. And now, I, if, if I you're able coffee. to take a picture that we can put up on the socials, uh, or if it's all gone, then we can take a picture of the crumbs. <laughs> um, oh, all right, let me... I should get a picture before it's uh, dismemberment. Yeah, I get a picture before oh. I eat it, and um, oh, I like this. And he wasn't bluffing. He could have been, oh, I've got a cake here, but there was nothing really there. But the man no. actually has a cake. Oh, I've got snack envy. Damn it! I assume you're giving this two thumbs up. For this cake. <laughs> He'd be in trouble with his missus otherwise. <laughs> well, the magic's happening there. S Jubs, what are you rocking? Oh, chief! I always try and push the boundaries on the show. You know me. My wife yep. absolutely loves roasted sunflower seeds. What? Just to eat on their own? Uh, they are spiced. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the instructions on the back say, Edible method. Take a grain of cha-cha sunflower seeds. Put the seed to your mouth. Use your teeth to crack it. Eat the kernel and throw the shell. Oh, I Pro- hate sunflower seeds, eating them like that. It's just, just well, a nightmare. It's, uh, it's just such hard work. Yeah. For such a small morsel of seed. But look, these taste alright. I just, it's so tedious and you're always left with such a mess afterwards. But here we go. I'm going to crack it. Do it. So you have to crack the outer layer. Yes. Then peel it apart. And you're left with this teeny tiny little thing. Which you can then use your tongue to kind of dab it out. How do you avoid getting that outer shell in, in your mouth? Skill. <laughs> okay, skill. I'm one for one. Let's make it two for two. <laughs> and of course, it's taken like 40 seconds to get two sunflower oh. seeds in my mouth. But the flavor is nice. I'm not going to okay. lie. It's, somehow they've managed to spice it in such a way that, you know, it's pleasant. But you probably can't buy these pre-shucked, can you? Uh, wouldn't that just be like what you'd get in the sort of like um, fruit, uh, sort of nuts and dried fruit dispenser, you know? You know, kind of have a bag and you turn the dial and it would come out of the, the chute yeah, into the maybe. bag. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. you'd put it on your muesli or something. Yeah. Sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, that sort of thing, if you just want to be super healthy. Speaking of muesli, which obviously breakfast item, my kid, who just turned five, has got a massive, massive beef with me at breakfast <laughs> no, she time. Doesn't. She's a vegetarian. <laughs> no, she, she is a... Flexitarian. She's a vegan-ish when she's at home, but she likes when eggs. she's at school, yeah, she's a carnivore. She hates vegetarian food. So Ooh, when she's dear. at school having school dinners, she ch- chooses the most meaty option she can have. Wife but, doesn't um, allow plastic in the house, and chief, to quote you back to you, I like my stuff, baby. <laughs> and also, she has no idea that I've just bought a load of action figures, which are clearly plastic. Um, yeah, she totally listens to the show as well. Yeah, no. Anyways, <laughs> has the Burgosaurus managed to uh, take his picture? The Burgonator. Oh. I did, yes. I took, yes, after uh, some angling and uh, selfie positioning and trying okay, to get a, a cool. copy of Cobra World Order in. We'll source that off of him later. No, what I was saying is, uh, my kid's beef with me is, 
my breakfast item because two of my favorite breakfast items i've got fresh rhubarb growing in the garden so i like to get the rhubarb uh, stew it down on the hob with some raisins drizzle of honey maybe some chopped up apple and then put a nice big dollop of kind of coconut yogurt on top of that and that is a nice breakfast item or i like to smashed up avocado on some multi-seed toast and she deems neither of those items are breakfast items so she basically said you are not i'm not allowed to eat those for breakfast anymore she says they're lunch items <laughs> like god damn they're not lunch items they're clearly breakfast items but um anyway evelyn <laughs> is the boss of you hey bergie it looks early doors for you my brother your eyes are very tight <laughs> but the cake looks incredible oh the pictures come in yeah it's yeah. amazing it's legit it's real <laughs> wow would you put a dollop good. of cream on that bad boy ah uh, i i don't like cream so much in the morning but it okay. would taste delicious if you are into that type of thing you can do mm. that yeah Looks good, good enough on its own. Like I say, snack envy. In about five minutes, I've eaten approximately three of these bloody things. <laughs> so, Let me get through so this sack. So what I have is a bag of Lotto. It's just called Lotto Pizza. But it's actually some kind of potato chips or Puffed crisp snack. Puffed snack. Normally it says They're on like the back rings, aren't they? Yeah, like onion rings. But it's, it says it, whether it's maize or corn or potato, but... Oh, man. I'm definitely tasting oregano. Nice. Not oregano, as some weirdos say. Oregano. Um, yeah. Oh, very salty. Oh. I've got oh, a big bottle of Dr. Pepper to wash that down, though. Ah, uh, Chief, the Greeks would call it origami. <laughs> Just for your information. S-Jubs is still maintaining this uh, myth that he's Greek, so... <laughs> Um, I've, seen the passport. Passport for, yeah, I've seen the passport yeah. but you know what Fake Photoshop Rooney. can do yeah indeed yeah. I'm not buying it um, <laughs> I'm giving those one thumb up How, what was your thumbage on the uh, sunflower seeds uh, zero. Oh dear me yeah. oh dear me this is no good to anyone we better move on to uh, comic talk but before we do move on to comic talk it's time for a G.I. Joe pop quiz it's a G.I. Joe pop quiz, pop quiz. It's a G.I. Joe pop quiz, pop quiz. Question one. Right, Burgonator, you didn't know this was coming. No, all right. Okay, prepare yourself. It's late and you can't sleep. Your phone rings. It's your buddy telling you he knows about something cool that's going down. He picks you up in his Thunderhawk red Chevy Camaro and you end up downtown <laughs> where a crowd of people are eagerly awaiting the start of a planned street race. Who is your money on to get to the finish line first in this do or die event? Is it Roadblock? in his 1959mm Meteor Ecto-1? Is it Tripwire in the Knight Rider 1982 Pontiac Trans Am? Is it Buzzer, Ripper and Torch in the Mystery Machine? Or is it Firefly in the Mutz Cuts Ford Echo Line? Oh, I'm surprised that Clutch is not in there. Too obvious. Too obvious. Too easy. Roadblock in the Ecto-1, Tripwire in Kit, Buzzer, Ripper, Torch in the Mystery Machine or Firefly in the Mutz Cuts? I got to go with Tripwire because I just think that Kit was probably the fastest vehicle there. Mm. But mm. I think Dreadnoughts in the Mystery Machine would be pretty uh, hilarious to watch. I want to see that race. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Although I don't know what Tripwire's driving skills are like. He's a pretty clumsy guy, right? Well, I put I put the clumsy driver in the best vehicle to offset. So Yes. Mm. No, that's good. So then maybe Firefly is our... Uh, 
Mm. Or maybe it's just roadblock. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a four-way collision and no one gets to the finish line. Go with the Joes. Go with the Joes. Okay. But uh, roadblock, you don't see roadblock driving very often. No, interesting. He's usually manning the gun in, in the vehicle and yeah. uh, if yeah. they're in one. Okay. Yeah. Right, now it is time to go to uh, the Comic Talk, so roll that jingle, Comic Talk. It's Comic Talk, it's Comic Talk, baby. Chief and Steve discussing like crazy. Larry Harmer riding these bad boys, making sense of the wackiest toys. Listen as we talk about story arcs, making noise louder than Junkyard Box. Talking about character motivations and all the various G.I. Joe fun locations. Comic Talk. So, let's just recap... This week, we are covering issues, what is it, 220 to 222. Affirmative. Uh, let's just have a quick look at the covers. Uh, I've got on my issue, I've got the Franco Francovella cover with, it's kind of the yin-yang with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow's a cobra again? Yeah, where'd that cobra logo come from? I was like, what? Some, some, something's going down in this issue. Yes. Uh, it doesn't yes. actually happen, though. Boo. There is also yeah. a retailer incentive or subscription cover, which is the the toy the toy cover and by Adam Riches. Who is it? Bazooka Soldier. It's Zap. Yeah, Zap, I've got yeah. that one. And, oh, you've got uh, that one. Cool. Yep, it's beautiful. Yeah, I've got a lot of those variants. Yeah, very nice. I've had the pleasure of meeting Adam Riches actually. Oh, Wonderful wicked. guy. Does a lot of co-hosting with uh, Diagnostic Eddie over on Full Force Podcast. And what I will say about this cover, while he has faithfully reproduced a carded zap uh, using photography, I guess, he has added the pencil moustache to zap. Oh, yeah. Because famously, the, you know, the original 13 zap figurine didn't have mm-hmm. a distinguishing feature. He had a, you know, a shared he- uh, head sculpt with Grunt and I think it was Grand Slam as well. But uh, Adams added the, the, t- the tash, which is a nice touch. That is a beautiful touch. And yeah, shout out Adam Riches, like incredible artist. And he's done so much great Joe art over the years that we've all seen. So yeah, uh, yeah big shout out to Adam. Yeah, very cool. Uh, next issue, 221. I've got on my issue, I've got the regular cover. I've got the, it's the Phil Jimenez connecting. The wraparound. The wraparound. Or the, well, well no, not wraparound. Suppose, three yeah, connecting covers. It's the middle piece, I guess, That's is it? it? With uh, Destro front and center, Storm Shadow Snake Eyes, and then loads of other shiz going down in the foreground. Damn, Ricondo and Muskrat. Yeah, look at Ricondo <laughs> just jumping. Love it. Can and we Muskrat, talk yeah. about how great this cover is? And, and Shipwreck why. is choking oh. someone out. Love it. It's And there's a Frag Viper on here, a Rain, Rain Viper. Viper. You got Big Boa. You got, like, it's Croc Master. Like, this is... IDW, if anyone from IDW is listening, out of all the art they've done, and there's so much great art, they need to do this poster. Oh, the, the interconnecting man. covers of this with Zartan and Serpentor and everything, like, it is so beautiful. It's one of the best art pieces that IDW has cranked out for G.I. Joe, oh, hands fantastic. down. And it is a total shame and a complete oversight that they have not put it out as a poster. So, yeah. like... This is crazy. Maybe we can talk to Carson at 3D Joe's and see if he can, Ooh. you know, call in some people and see if they can do like a poster release of this because yes, yes. Phil Jimenez is known for all his DC work and doing yeah. those, you know, like George Perez. He did Wonder Woman, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just cramming all these characters in. When have you ever seen 
you know, Range Viper, Big Boa, Croc Master, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, Destrover, Condo, Muskrat, Cobra Commander, Shipwreck, Choking <laughs> Out a Dude, like Flint, Stalker, uh, Xandar's in here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, this is just one cover. Xandar? And, yeah, in the left, <laughs> bottom left hand corner. Uh, we, had right. a we had a gag on a previous episode saying that uh, Xandar <laughs> yeah. uh, is uh, never in any of the comics. But uh, yeah, he does cross I thought that was Tunnel Red. Poor to be honest, Bergy. I thought yeah. it was Tunnel Red. But yeah, oh, you're right. I think Xandar. it's I think it's Xandar because yeah, he's got the pink yeah. going on. Yeah, uh, but maybe Tunnel Rat. It's maybe it's variant Tunnel Rat. Hey, look! It's like '90s Saved by the Bell variant Tunnel Rat. <laughs> no, man, his his do rag is in pink for breast cancer awareness, man. Oh my, that's what it is. <laughs> Guys, who is the ninja character in the background taking a dirt nap? Who is that? <laughs> um, okay, mm. which uh, you're looking huh? in the just laying down. Left. Behind Destro. Well, in front of Destro, but in front of yeah, Snake Eyes and Storm that? Shadow. Who's that? Like, there's a, story, there's a plot line to this cover that I'm not... That you guys got to get Phil Amenas on this podcast. Oh, I just totally. found Crazy Legs in here. Yeah, he's bottom right, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, guys, this needs to be a poster. Can we start a petition? Can we do something? Like, Phil Amenas is just... He nailed this. It's mm. so good. I'm really upset that in a way that it wasn't kind of a gatefold cover that yeah. could kind of fold out rather than it being three three interconnected. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's how you sell more books. But This is my new mission in life, to, to get this made into a poster somehow. <laughs> well, again, you know, uh, that's another pledge that I'll do if anyone can get that <laughs> up and running. So there's the other uh, Adam Rich's, the Scarlet cover as well. And then there's a couple nice. of Snowjob variants Yes, and again, no shade on any of the other artists who did covers, but this full, yeah, yeah. wrap around. I think it spanned four issues, right? Because there's I think it was the prelude three. cover. Well, there's prelude, then it's on part three, part four, and then oh yeah, maybe it is just yeah, three. It's just three, yeah. It's interesting who they chose: Serpentor, Zartan, and Destro to be the main figures on those three covers. Yeah. Yeah. And now looking at it, Xandar is actually on oh, twice because yeah. he's on 222. You could be right, S-Jubs, because now I've flicked forward to 222 and I'm looking at the one that you're on, Bergenator. This is the right-hand side of the Phil Jimenez cover, Gatefold Connected. And yes, Xandar is on Zartan's left. So maybe that is Tunnel Rat. If I had a buck for every time I heard you say you could be right, Steve, um, <laughs> I'd have about seven fifty. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it was just the lighting, uh, the lighting effect on Tunnel Rat. Tunnel breast cancer right. awareness. He's a very I love conscientious that. cat. Yeah, he models after Homer. Who's going to be the first person to customize that? Yeah. I think <laughs> we, yeah. you need to commission that, Steve. Breast cancer awareness, Tunnel Rat. Nice, rocking the pink. It ain't Xandar, baby. It's T-Rat. Who is the character on this 2221? Is that Fast Draw? No, who is is kind of by Zartan's knee? Just... It's Jeb's got a name, the Joes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on 222, you mean? On uh, 222, yeah, to the right of Firefly's head. Yeah, that would be Blowtorch, right? Blowtorch? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, is that Flamethrower? It is. Guys, this is so fun. I feel like we're like kids in the comic store. Like, just, who's that? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Oh, totally is. Oh, man. And have you checked out the Rocketeer? Bottom left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that a nullifier? No, actually. It was the included driver from the Maggot. 
guy right. called Worms. Worms. Mm, very it. good. Nice book. And who is the who's the one to the right of Zorana? This makes great radio. Who's the one to the right of Zorana? Check the socials, y'all. Check the socials. Um, who's kind of throwing his head back, being electrocuted, or or no? There's an explosion behind him. That could be anyone, couldn't it? It could be anyone. That's a really tough call. But the armor. That's hmm. uh, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Maybe it's Star Viper returning to Earth. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a bit thick for Star Viper. Maybe he's Robo Joe. <laughs> he's kind of got those shoulder pads. <laughs> he's not thick enough to be Robo Joe. Man, that guy was clunky. Uh, Chief, of course, is completely in the dark, I'm afraid, Bergie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got nothing. I don't, I don't know anything. Robo what? Do you yeah, see I've... above? You see who's above Zartan, though? Raptor. Yeah. Yes. Raptor. Sweet. Like, when have you seen these characters on a cover together? It's amazing. You haven't seen Raptor for very good reason. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the tanker, is he? Oh, yeah. The landlocked freighter, yeah. And who is that underneath? Last one. Who's that underneath Zartan's feet? Is that Leatherneck? Who is? I would guess Leatherneck, yeah. What I want to know is, what is Zartan doing to Leatherneck? <laughs> <laughs> What is what is going down on this cover? He's oh, just man. been photoshopped over him. I mean, let's be honest. I should bloody well hope so. I wouldn't like uh, to witness this act. Let's uh, let's dig into the meat of these issues. And before we do that, what we need is a recap. So, last time on a real American hero, Hawk teaming up with special forces teams around the globe continues to investigate the Revenge Corporation and its alliance with Cobra. Meanwhile, Zartan brings together Cobra's many free agents, and Destro makes a deal with Cobra Commander. Okay. Regular listeners will know me and S-Jubs, myself and S-Jubs, have been a bit down on recent issues. We feel that Larry's a little bit phoning it in. But for me personally, these threes were a, a marked improvement. It was definitely an upward grade here on what was going down. It just felt there was more purpose there was more characterization, more Joes acting like Joes. And um, I had a good time with these three issues. We don't ever really plot out, well, we don't anymore at least, uh, exactly where the, the prescribed reading leaves us. But I can't help but feel a little bit down for Bergie because it feels like these three issues are like building to the payoff that comes in the following issue. You know what I mean? It's like the forces have been diametrically opposed on the chessboard and they're ready to strike the battle is about to begin and then it's like it's to be continued yes. <laughs> so basically Bergenator, i hope you read ahead when you did your reread last night or if Bergenator's is free next week and he wants to come back on to finish off this storyline <laughs> <laughs> i have read hint, this hint. all before and i have them all in a long box together so i read the issues leading up to it and i read i've reread all of these issues so don't feel bad for me i'm i'm good okay what we will do though is uh when we cover the final three parts of this storyline next week uh i will we'll hit up bergie on the socials to get his uh we do a yojo cola out of 10 how we rank each storyline so we will get your yojo cola rating for cobra world order okay sounds good We'll do that Sounds next week. Good. But um, straight off the bat, this is kind of alluding to something we haven't really seen in Joe Comics for a while, some kind of personal crisis, because people are worried about Duke and and is he going to be okay? And you're kind of led to think, oh, what's going on here? And it was a real curveball when they, they introduce his wife to the storyline, because like I say, we haven't really peered behind the curtain or got into the personal lives of Joe's too much 
outside of the ninja guys really so this was um a re- really welcome addition i thought yeah i agree it was interesting because there was another storyline with duke happening in a different idw series around the same time i i think it was the travis series uh and duke uh, and yes. there was a storyline with duke and uh his wife or girlfriend happening as well i remember there being like some strange parallels that why are we getting these two different stories around duke's life but i actually really enjoyed this duke storyline i have a lot of thoughts about this issue <laughs> yeah, yeah. first of all like you're saying i mean yeah the idw run that larry's been doing listen it's fantastic uh but i remember when cobra world order started i just felt this renewed energy coming back getting excited again thinking back to like the classic you know stuff like cobra civil war in the old marvel run where you would just have all these characters they're all getting together and people are popping up and this is what i love like the blue ninjas the revanched storyline it, it was okay for like a little like pe- bits and pieces here but i do feel like we just it was just overkill and you know not the uh not the bat leader commander overkill i'm talking like it was just it just got to be too much and my biggest issue was there are so many underdeveloped characters in the cobra gi joe mythology that i mean larry always focused on this great group and would bring in new characters here and there and and develop them a bit but there's so many characters that we didn't get to learn more about like you know copperhead who shows up in this issue like you could pick so many different names so why introduce this whole new you know these new characters these blue ninjas that nobody really cares about you know i'm reading these comics for so long i'm like i finally want to get some answers on these other characters that i i never got to learn that much about or like you know let's see what's what the techno vipers like what what's their life like so Anytime I see blue ninjas, I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of cringeworthy. You've got a lot of other great toys to play with in the box. Oh, I want a Techno Viper miniseries now. <laughs> but I will say this issue, bringing out, yeah, there's the Duke storyline, which is fantastic. We go back to Canada, and there's Fournier is here. And if you remember Fournier in the RCMP issue of the Marvel run, and <laughs> there's yeah, if, yeah. if you read the floppies, I don't know if it's in the... It's probably not, I don't know if it's in the digital version, and it's probably not in the trade paperbacks, but Postbox the Pit is really one of the best reasons to get the single issues, because you get the letters page at the back with Larry's responses, Yes. and I think it was in the previous issue, there's a letter asking if the RCMP officer named Fournier in this run is any relation to the RCMP officer named Fournier from the Marvel run, and Larry just flat out answers, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if he was just sort of joking or if it was almost like, that's too obvious. Or if every RCMP officer in Canada is named Fournier. I I certainly haven't met any. Of all the RCMP officers I've met, I haven't met any Fourniers. Okay. But when that um, guy opens the box, man, he, that panel that Gallant's drawn there, sorry to cut you off, but no, I'm looking no. at that page and they've broken open the crate and this blue ninja's come out with this kind of... Uh, electro whip and it's just torn this guy right in half right across the midriff it's mm-hmm. oh it's brutal it's and this is a good a good use of blue ninjas and and it's fun and i get we needed another organization to fight destro and, and cobra commander and everything but yeah that are yeah shout out galant like oh my god like sl galant is just killing it um i did want to make a quick note this is something that has been recurring in all of joe uh, 
media forever. And I love to see it represented here. There's a panel with Firefly, Copperhead, and Scrap Iron. And yes, they came out at the same time in the toy line. And I always love, and I've always sort of associated these characters as being this tight, weird little group, right? Because they are kind of those solo Cobra guys. Yep. And Scrap Iron, Scrap Iron is very important, at least to me in sort of the G.I. Joe universe, because he's the Cobra that got away with murder yeah. and it, has still not paid his dues. I don't know. Have you guys talked about that before? Not really. No. Well, no, because, you know, he changed the course of kind of history in the in the universe, didn't he, by, you know, exploding that, that, that rocket into the car. And you're right. That's never been, we've definitely never, never been addressed, it. man. No. Bongo the balloon bear. Yeah. Softmaster. Yep. Billy. Yeah, Billy, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, Scrap Iron's never had his comeuppance. No one has ever followed up on this. I don't know why. That's one of these weird little plot lines that throughout Joe history, I'm like, why has no one ever, like, called attention to the fact that Scrap Iron is a cold-blooded killer, man? And uh, look at him in that panel, the one where they've opened the doors. He looks, I don't want to say cool because he's a murderer, but he's got a good look to him, you know, and that could definitely be a a recognisable... Uh, you know, character that could have a storyline going for him because um... you could do a whole story about him, man. You know, like you, yeah, you could do a whole scrap. Like, who is Scrap Iron? Give me a whole issue about Scrap Iron. Give me a whole issue about Copperhead. Don't waste time on Blue Ninjas. Like, give me a whole issue about Crocmaster, like they yeah. did in the Cobra Run with IDW. Oh, that was great. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, th- those are the kinds of things. Because Larry wrote these file cards. He knows who these characters are. Give me a, you know, shout out, you know, Steve, I know you're in Australia now. You want to know more about Skymate? Uh, give me a Skymate <laughs> issue. Like, like, you've got Why this- does he wear a hot pink trucker cap? Like, Why? <laughs> What possesses a man to do that? Look, they took the photo, and his action figure was based on the photo, and the photo was from his Breast Cancer Awareness Month. There so you go, like, baby. I happened to be wearing my pink hat that day. <laughs> what color is his boomerang? Doesn't he have a boomerang? Yeah, hot pink as well. My goodness. We're rolling um, deep now, Bergie. Gee we're going way. so deep. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, last, last note, speaking of air commandos, yeah. shout out SL Galant again, because Spirit... Yes. Shows up wearing his Air Commandos bandana. I love that sequence, and the bandana is the cherry on the top. It's fantastic. I'm telling man. you guys, it's just, it's, oh, this, so this is what I want a Joe comic. I'm just getting fully energized. We're seeing all these groups of characters hanging out. I love when you mix and match guys hanging out. And is this, does Dogfight show up? Dogfight shows up in one of these issues too. And I was yeah, like, Dogfight? He's, he's in a tower or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. the Mudfighter pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wild Bill Light. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, echo, I'll echo the love for that um, spirit scene because it didn't need to be in the book at all. But it's not wasted pages. It's, you know, we're delving into Duke's past and now we're getting even more insight just in two pages into spirit, you know, that these are his adoptive parents. I love my favorite bit is where uh, his dad comes in. He's like, sorry about the blood. I just came off a four hour brain surgery and was too beat to change before I came home from the hospital. He's got brain matter splattered all over his top and well, probably not brain matter, but um. Yeah, he's just uh, in in his work duds covered in blood. Outback's like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so nice that Outback and Spirit are like buds. Yeah. I mean, they're both like men of the wilds, you know. Mm-hmm. They are kind of survivalists at their core. 
uh, they probably connect over just like the great outdoors, which yeah. is so wonderful. You know, nice to see these relationships and who are natural counterparts to one another in the team. Totally. Yeah, I love where he says, what's this about you being a shaman or a shaman? I was like, oh, yeah, cool. That's a storyline waiting to happen as well. So we've got an inside scoop from Shannon Gallant that he loves spirit and he yes. would work him in as much as possible. So maybe there's some cross-pollination. Larry was like, huh, okay, let's add some strings to spirit's bow, finally. Like, get some backstory on this guy that, yes, his folks were poor, they died young, hence he was adopted. Like, wow, we're getting a lovely info dump on just, like, who he is. Yeah, brilliant. Which has been kind of percolating for so long. I must mention this because it's been one of your gripes for a long time since the introduction of this pit. Um, Steve, uh, the launch ramp for the Sky Striker. Happy with this scene or not? Still have no idea how it actually functions, but um, yeah, I suppose it, <laughs> literally, like it, it, the jet is readied like below the, the the ground level. That ramp kind of pops up, and then the jet kind of shoots up this this steep ramp. Now there are similar launch procedures on like shorter, smaller aircraft carriers. Like they have got a bit of a, a ramp, but I don't know if they're launching something like a sky striker i don't know i'm sweating the technicals but i really don't need to because it's a comic book and yeah. you know these are toys that have spring fire missile launch this is true so this is true so spring fire sky striker i'll tell you what is quite weird you know you mentioned in earlier bergenator that your name is kind of an amalgamation of of different podcasts and different hosts on this show, etc. Um, I'm sure another... he's around before us, buddy. G.I. Joe Berg and uh, S. Jubs. Yeah, because yeah. I'm S.J. Word Burglar Berg. I'm Berg on the old, all the old G.I. Joe forms. I was Berg. The, the point was, another weird coincidence is um, we flick forward a few pages from the Sky Striker and there's some guys on a, on a recon mission and it just so happens that there's Ambush and Rampart and... On an episode of Chief's Toy Box recently, we covered the fact that I pulled two figures out of my box that were actually Ambush and Rampart. And I think S. Jubs, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're both complete as well. Whew, I think I managed Chief. to match up all their weapons, didn't I? Cash dollar monies, baby. <laughs> those, I love those figures. Man, for years and years, I was going off on collectors who would tell me, oh, I stopped collecting at 86, man. I'm like, but if you stop at 86, not only are you missing so many great figures, but you're ignoring 90. 1990 is phenomenal. And when you've got like Rampart, right? You've got Ambush, Stretcher, I don't know. Free Fall is incredible. I know they're all kind of updates of previous specialties that were already on the team. You know, you already had like, you know, a paratrooper or whatever. Um, but I mean, what is Ambush? He's like uh, concealment specialist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> King of actual soft goods, you know? Gilly's yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Like it's 90s great. Stretcher. I mean, these are characters again. I, I want to know more about, you know, these guys. Stretcher. <laughs> We've only just gotten to grips with the fact that Duke has a wife. I mean, like, and Duke is like top tier GI Joe character. Yeah, you're not getting Stretcher yeah. or Ambush at all. So yeah, we got a ways to wait before Stretcher gets his day. Um, so I'm not going to get Updraft's origin story to like issue 800 or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. I don't even know who yeah. that is, but I'm going to say yeah. Um, Galant has worked in another. Well, I suppose Larry's scripted it, but um, Galant has worked in another one of my favourites, which is Cobra Commander Shooting Gallery. 
Uh, I'm going to compile, actually, I'm going to go back through all the issues and compile a little collage of all the times we've seen Cobra Commander shooting Joes, which are normally kind of cardboard or wooden things. But here he's actually got, looks like stone statues as he's had sculpted. Mm. Is he bisecting uh, Throwdown? Um, Pre-burn? Hmm. Don't know, just looks... Or is that Falcon, maybe Falcon with a silenced pistol? No, I don't know, I'm don't sweating know. the details again. Love but... Cobra Commander, just shooting statues of Joes, love it. Oh yeah, that's... <laughs> like, again, whenever Larry writes Cobra Commander, he's just like in his head so perfectly. I wonder if Larry is Cobra Commander. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like a guy walks into his office, he's just shooting stuff. It's like, what? Make it, you know, better make it important. <laughs> shooting stuff and dropping uh, quotes from Shakespeare yeah. and Milton. <laughs> Have we got a flub here? Because, because Hawk, after he's out of Toronto, next time we see him, is he not on a boat in a southampton dock in the uk but oh, he's all over the shop when he when he leaves there's an amazing there's a there's a great panel here where he's had the the combat with the blue ninja and there's he's put the gun right up the blue ninjas under his chin and blasted blasted through his head it's that's that panel's brilliant oh, that's uh that's fournier she's the one with the, the pistol i think oh, okay uh, all right Wolf oh yes he's his... tackled the blue ninja sorry yeah but then at the end of it he says i have to get back to utah asap so I assume he's on his way back to Utah, but next we see him, is it in the next issue? He's actually on a ship in England. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's a bit of that, Chief. Like, a lot of mm-hmm. people seem to be in two places at once. Like, Roadblock is in the pit, then he's in the Everglades checking out the Dreadnoughts, and then he's back in the pit. Yeah. So, yeah, I- I'm going to give yourself a bit of advice that I need to take heed of, and it's like, don't sweat the deets, man. Don't sweat the deets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, because there's... And then the briefing that was happening, where people are like, we've already jumped issue to... What are we on? Two... Oh, sorry, it's not in the Everglades. It's in the Jersey marshes. I need to get my geography straight if I'm going to yeah. nitpick. Yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, they're, they're, they're checking out the Dreadnoughts being attacked by a Cobra hit squad in 221. What is that helicopter that Destro and Baroness arrive in? Uh, it's called the Kamov KA-52 Alligator. Okay, so of course Soviet it is. Union, well, no, not Soviet Union. It's, it's post-fall uh, of the Soviet Union Russian attack helicopter. Nice to see these guys rocking up. You know, I didn't. it looks better him coming up in that rather than his. What's that little thing he used to ride in? AGP. Uh, oh, his uh, the, <laughs> the despoiler. The despoiler. Yeah, 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 yeah. You always need to say it in a Spanish accent. Despoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I don't think I've ever found out what despoiling something means. <laughs> <laughs> he minted that word, man. Destro's a wordsmith, just like you were, Bergy. Well, that's probably. I got it all. I mean, I'm probably just you know influenced by yeah, Cobra my whole life. Maybe so, you're yeah. Destro. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the reveal on the on the the last page of that that first issue, um, where you know she says, "Oh, Connie, I've missed you so much." It was, you know, a real shot out of the blue kind of thing. And you know, even just her calling him Connie is just so out of type, which uh, was a really nice touch. I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's looking good, man. For uh, what is it, like three decades in captivity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm. Uh, I was expecting to see Shmi Skywalker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a deep cut, yes, man. Sure. That's good. Yeah, maybe she was in some kind of cryo chamber or something. Who knows? Totally. Uh, Granny is still putting bricks in a, in a Prada handbag. This time they're Acme bricks. 
which is nice. <laughs> uh, get... Are we jumping to the next issue? No, or... sorry, that was in this one we've just done. Oh, but, yeah, um, sorry. I was just flicking flicking back through. Uh, we kind of jump all over the place on this show, so uh, we'll try and maintain a bit of a semblance of order. But um, a lot of setup in that one, because what we noticed in the first two parts of Cobra World Order, there was, or sorry, a lot of uh, progression in this one. There was a lot of setup in the first two issues that didn't feel like it was... It was very slow paced, but here, you know, Larry and Gallant have crammed in so much story and just nuggets and things to to pour over that it just felt like, you know, the best issue we've had in a long time. Really enjoyed that issue. Agreed. Great issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that carries forward into the next one where we, you know, we see more characters cropping up that we haven't seen in a long time. But I do notice that uh, Xandar has been dropped already because he did appear very briefly i think in one or two panels not last issue in 221 but in an issue before that but he's already i don't think he appears in any of these issues here does he so it was well known that larry didn't like xander ah, no he's just playing him uh true to type right he's the okay. character that nobody ever remembers he's in every panel slips. but we just can't see him oh yeah right. <laughs> it's funny it's like the ghost fighter pilot right yeah um you know the, these weird little eccentricities i guess might be the word for like yeah xandar's the guy everybody forgets about and you know the phantom pilot is a guy everyone forgets what his name is <laughs> you know i i love that that he can maintain those funny little uh picadillos if you yeah will. that's it that's it first time we've maybe seen wild bill with not his hat on when he goes to visit claire and uh, connie <laughs> in um the well <laughs> they there in a uh, joint base andrews and uh, Wild Bill's kind of got his hat off, which is, mm-hmm. you know, nice to see rather than having the characters appear the same every time. I thought it was a nice little touch. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. And they make a point of really making him, like, having his hat off in the foreground, right? Like, yeah. uh, Gallant's doing a great job. Like, his storytelling is fantastic. I don't know if you guys know Dave Tree and Russ Sheath, but they're both UK Joe dudes. And they both get name dropped in this issue. So I guess maybe Larry wanted to work them in. Um, he probably came off the back of a, a, a convention in the United Kingdom and so worked them into the book. Sergeant Tree gets name dropped. And yes. we've already been introduced to Russ Sheath. Yeah, so that's what that was all about, just in case anyone was wondering. I thought that was a tribute to Russ Heath, the ah, comic so artist. we, but turns out mm. Russ Sheath is a different guy and... Yeah, man, if, if Diagnostic was on the show, um, he'd be able to tell us exactly these guys' resumes. But I do know that they're, they're in deep with G.I. Joe, and uh, they've been contributors to generalsjoes.com, amongst many other uh, forums and, and other sort of Joe, For sure, Joe yeah, hangouts. Dave Tree, for sure, I've been in touch with. He's awesome, and I'm oh, sure yeah. Russ is as well. Shout out Diagnostic 80, for sure. Mm. I, uh, I'm also on Full Force, which should be dropping... The new episode will be dropping soon, I think, where we do another little thing together. So big shout out to Diagnostic. Does yeah. so much awesome stuff. Yeah, well, he co-hosted, you know, uh, 40 plus mm-hmm. episodes of Talking Joe. So It's a great network of all these, these Joe fans. Yeah. I think we've all come together as cool team members. It's, yeah. co- it's almost like we were inspired by G.I. Joe or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all just a bunch of communications experts. <laughs> It's true. Damn, man, we're the field ops. Yeah, I mean, it's how Breaker felt when Mainframe showed up. He's like, guys. We're, we're, we're. <laughs> I'm already here, man. <laughs> yeah. Dial tone. Yeah. How do you feel about Cobra Commander really getting in uh, Black Major's face and kind of pointing his finger? Because I don't know. I know they're not kind of equals, but Black Major 
I don't know. He kind of just struck me as someone who wouldn't let that happen. I'm not sure. I don't know. Or does it sit okay with you guys? Yeah, I kind of like it. I like that Cobra Commander is just like, listen, I'm the original leader of a terrorist organization that uh, is the main enemy of G.I. Joe, and I'm going to tell you what's what. <laughs> Black Major, I'm sorry, you know, I my familiarity with him is not as much because I didn't grow up in the UK, but I have read some of those comics and stuff, and... Yeah, I mean, was he? He was more like cold and heartless, right? Like he would. Cobra Commander has this strange, hilarious zest to the way he uh, he does things. I always thought Black Major was a bit more um, serious. Would yeah. that be correct? Yeah, I think I think that's pro- probably correct. Yeah, uh, I am uncertain about Cobra Commander's knowledge of chess, though. I am absolutely no <laughs> chess expert, but he says. You win by planning the fifth, the fifty moves ahead. Now, again, I'm no expert, but I'm not sure chess lasts fifty moves. Does it per person or not? I don't know. I antici- chess wasn't my game. I anticipated it being much shorter than that, but uh, I think by I'm fifty moves, the game will well be over. But so, chess experts that are listening, uh, let me know and correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I tell you how excited I was though to see Heat Vipers and Night Vipers and Red Shadows just running? <laughs> it's just cool to see that as like you know you got like sneak peek and roadblock and uh long range yeah just stalking the, like it's amazing you know long range with the night scope going on it again that's why this is what it's about mixing and matching all these characters and and uh it's like yeah they're the joe team so who's going to be out at night sneak peek and long range and then roadblock i mean i guess he doesn't need to be there but it's always good to have roadblock along. Yep, yep. Chief, the average number of moves mm. in a ah, chess game played it. by humans yes. is around 40. Ah, That's okay. the average. Okay. So, Cobra Commander is playing a slightly longer game. That's fine. I shall uh, let him off. Against snake robots. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, and <laughs> my favorite little flub about the Heat Viper sneaks in that he's been recast as a flamethrower. And not an anti-tank trooper. Huh. You check it, he's like... Ah. So when he's departing out the truck, he's got flame coming out of his weapon, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, taking the word on face value, heat, as in, like, you know, heat. Rather than high explosive. (laughs) Instead of it being a high explosive anti-tank. Yes, the acronym. Good catch, man. I know, they should have brought in Incinerator for that. Good catch, Bergy. Yeah, dude. You're picking up what I'm putting down. That's when you need a Cobra flamethrower, you get Incinerator. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Another 90s uh, G.I. Joe figure that is often snubbed. I'm, I got mad love for the 90s, too. I love every era, man, except G.I. Joe Extreme. Sorry. <laughs> Although what? I did like Sergeant Savage, but yeah, we don't need to get into that now. Although G.I. Joe Extreme Dark Horse comics, they're actually pretty good if you can find them. Yeah, I've got the two four-issue miniseries in a long box just over in the corner of the room. So uh... There's a backup story in that that's like one. I remember it being one of the darkest G.I. Joe comics I'd ever read prior to like the IDW stuff mm. in that G- the Dark Horse. I think... I want to say, like, Frank Thierry wrote it, or Mark Teixeira, like, Mark Teixeira drew it. There's okay. some, someone with the T name, I forget right. the artist, but if you're looking through those, check out the, the backup Okay, S-Jubs, that's a side project, we'll, uh, we'll review those eight issues, I think. No, I haven't read them since mm. they came out, so maybe they suck, but... <laughs> I'll uh, let you know after. I'll have to dig them up, too. 
The um, damn cartoon has got the very catchy uh, tune. <laughs> yeah, audio drop right there. Boom. It's a great vehicle shot. You know me, I love me a vehicle yeah, shot. Man. Can anyone here name the vehicles here on we display? Go. Name the vehicle. I said, Bergie's gotta name the vehicle. Is there a clue that might be meaningful? Maybe the paint job is strategical. Do I spy a tricked out tricycle? A long turret that is typical. Bergie needs to ID the vehicle by waxing lyrical. Unlike Larry, we won't be too critical. Can Bergie name the vehicle? Name them. Oh, at the base here? Yeah, two days oh. later. Well, you've got, um, is it the hammerhead, that first one on the left? Not the hammerhead, the uh, the hammer, right? It's just the hammer? Nice. That's, a, yep. oh man, great vehicle. Wow, this is a good trivia. 1990 as well. Yeah, mm. then you've got the Mobat, then you've got the Mauler, then you've got the Mean Dog, then you've got uh, a variation of, it looks like, is that long, that's not long ranges. Uh, that's, uh, what's it called? Rolling Thunder, I think. Rolling Thunder, Wolverine, Havoc, and at the very end, snuck in. Is that a Tiger Force version of a Snowcat? <laughs> yep affirmative it is the tiger cat tiger ding cat. ding ding full marks uh, amazing and then the apc in the background uh i'm gonna say that's mm. just a two-ton oh, truck yeah i think the you front of it is not sloped man enough. i yeah. love this i am rolling with some joe pros right now <laughs> no, right. i gotta me. like put my glasses on i'm like oh yeah you're right uh, that is just a truck <laughs> <laughs> something that gi joe sorely needed they needed something kind of mundane like that but uh, i'm also gonna point out the fact that Something that Jim Brown, the colorist, often gets wrong is he swaps the colors on the Mobat and the Mauler, but not true of this panel. The Mobat is in green and the Mauler is in tan. That's a great well panel, Mr. Brown. That's a great panel. Yeah, uh, I'm going to call upon you guys uh, in a, a couple of pages later. Okay. And, uh, you can report to me <laughs> whether or not he got it right or wrong. Uh, well, I am loving your attention to detail, guys. This is phenomenal this is like how i read a comic in my head except you guys are just <laughs> covering it so well so oh I'm... thanks bergy picker uh, of nits is what i do yeah yeah <laughs> picking peanuts out of poo he loves it now this is all this is all good stuff you know uh, larry's flicking between the scenes well there doesn't seem to be too many jump cuts that are too startling everything seems to have a purpose you know we don't know what Fred is. Oh, there's that scene where Fred has got the, uh, or is it was it in the previous one? I think it was in the previous issue. Dude, I'm freaking out about that stuff. Where Cody's this got Fred, who has his yeah. his his sort of I don't know his fake wife and daughter, in like the, threatening to kill him all the, the time. Sights, yeah, <laughs> it's bizarre. Are they playing it for laughs? They're like having a scene in the car, like. You better go through with it, ha ha ha. Otherwise, you'll be, you know, you have your medulla oblongata split by a boat tail slug. Like, what? I think that's just, just dark humor for these guys, yeah. 
but but it's 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 not a joke. They really mean to do it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's I'm like whoa, hardcore. Yeah, plenty They're of intrigue. They're a bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just getting on with my day. My wife and daughter might just plug me at any given turn. I would I would bolt. I don't know. I would run away from that situation. But that's just me. Hmm. <sighs> And really nice scene. I've, I've flicked forward a couple of pages. Um, we get the bit where Wendy Torres has been kind of kidnapped. Fred has left her in the clutches of not just Scrap Iron, Fly Fly and Copperhead, but now, of course, Dr. Brainwave. I mean, Dr. Venom. So I mean, Dr. Mindbender. <laughs> Dr. Mindbender. Oh, yeah, what did I say? Yeah, Dr. Mindbender. And the Brainwave scanner, which I thought he had destroyed. But hey, that was ancient history now. Oh, there's multiple ones running he around. He has Doctor Venom's memories at this point, right? Ah, uh, Doctor Venom, did he? I th- yeah, maybe there was some hangover. I mean, it was it was Billy who had the Doctor Venom consciousness. Yes, and I- then and then I think Doc. Yeah, you're right. Doctor Mindbender had these kind of visions of Doctor Venom saying, you know, uh, you're going to follow in my footsteps, that sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like that happened. Yeah, I think it happened in the issues before this. But uh, right. it's, again, it's been a while. Like I was reading these as they came out, and many I have not revisited since uh, the week I picked them up at the comic shop. Right, uh, I've, I've almost lost you, Bergy. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, there you go. There we go. Yeah, no, I had my mic raised up. I've got uh, coffee. You know what? You had a drink. Yeah, you know, I've kind of got like this hat mic combo, kind of like Dodger from Battle Force 2000, right? And well, uh, I just flipped it up to have a sip of coffee. Funny, <laughs> funny you should mention Battle Force 2000 because uh, Bart over on the Facebook group uh, is saying, how come there is uh, nothing, uh, no album or anything dedicated to Battle Force 2000 because clearly that is the greatest subgroup? <sighs> well, I mean, <laughs> I could go on and on about all the other songs that I have half started and want to do. And yes, Battle Force 2000 will get their due, hopefully. Okay, interesting. Hot off the press. Um, among many others. Oh, do you, do you have an idea, a concept? Are they kind of coming back from the dead? Are they, are they, are they ghosts in Dodger's uh, subconsciousness, just like Dr. Venom? <laughs> <laughs> no, you saved us, Dodger, but you were... Dodging. <laughs> I'm not the rapper, clearly. Come on. Not, Come on, Bergie. Give, give us a freestyle. Well, I have an, an angle in on, uh, on Battle Force 2000 that I'd like to explore at some point. Like, Ooh. there's a lot of, like, weird little things. I mean, I, I, we won't go off top. We can save that for another time. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of stories I'd like to explore that I, I just... I don't know. I just... Weird stuff I think about. And kind of like how that... I don't want to go to Cobra Law song came about, right? Just yep. like, what is the angle here that would kind of make sense and fit within the media and continuity that does not change or alter anything? It just kind of is like sandwiched in like a little, you know, like one of those half or 0.5 issues where it's like, oh, here's a little something that was happening behind the scenes that you didn't know about. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm fascinated with. Yep, yep. You know, like who's designing all the... Who's designing all the uniforms? Yeah, digging in the weeds. That's where all the good stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about... And Because this... I'm trying to think about now how many times Roblox and Duke have been on missions together. Uh, I can't think of how many off the top of my head. But, you know, this emotional scene where, you know, Roblox gives him the big hug. And I love the way that Gallant's drawn 
the the proportions here roadblock's a big guy and he's kind of leaning over hunched over with these big arms and his big hands kind of almost squeezing duke in that final panel with just kind of the jet black outlines just the composition of that panel is just fantastic you know and duke is welling up in the panel before a lot going on here and throughout this issue and the previous one hints to you know a backstory between these guys they both joined joe at the same time but no one we haven't really seen what's happened before they joined joe but we get kind of uh, drops of nuggets of dialogue to suggest people are asking what was duke like before this and so much going on and you know really well done agreed man Mm -hmm. nice design choice with that that little bar of sky just encircled by the black very cool. It's like, that's that's what your vision is when uh, you're being smothered by Roadblock yeah. in a hug. <laughs> but these man, these guys are clearly, sort of, you know, besties. They, you know, they've been mm-hmm. through stuff before they even got to Joe. Well, I love, and that's, I always love those stories, right? And when they bring that back, like how Duke and Roadblock used to know each other, right? The same way Stalker and Snake Eyes knew yeah, each other. that's and, fantastic, yeah. And, and all these connections here and there, right? And like, you know, Hawk met Snake Eyes before G.I. Joe, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's fantastic. But uh, mm-hmm. Roadblock, he's not he's not pissing about here. He wants to get these some bitches, and uh, he all but says it uh, in the pan in the in the word balloon. But um, he's got revenge on his mind for what happened. To, we're talking about Claire, and he wants those those scumbags that took her hostage, and he wants to go after them. But um, Duke's kind of putting him first. We've got to deal with Cobra first, and you know it's a side of Roadblock that we maybe haven't seen before. This kind of you know he's he's vengeful yeah yeah and it's really interesting stuff really interesting stuff and but i've written a note here on my pad to kind of say i love all this claire stuff um but i was starting to get the feeling i don't think it does but i was starting to worry that you've got this big big cobra storyline the likes of which we haven't seen since i guess the one would have been the last one where everyone featured where you know a load of guys died in um trucia abysmia i guess would that have been the last kind of super big storyline that featured loads of joes but now we've got another one and is this claire duke storyline which is probably one of the most emotional storylines we've had in recent memory is it gonna over are the two <laughs> apart gonna... from the death of snake eyes chief yeah but apart from the de- but this is even more so i think this the reveal of claire is even more so than the death of snake eyes i to me personally it's very operatic yeah yeah and that, are these yeah. are these two kind of biggish storylines fighting for page space or going to interfere with each other or can they coexist as this continues on well i guess we'll see as we read through the last three issues of this storyline and what happens but it was a concern for me let's say it is a strange juxtaposition of stories for sure yeah they could have they could have operated separately you know obviously have you covered the Devil's Due run at all? Uh, we have not yet, no. I think we're going to get maybe up to what, what Snake Hunt, I guess, is the currently published uh, storyline that's coming out. I think once we get to Snake Hunt, once we catch up to Snake Hunt, we might take a break from ARA and then go and maybe do Devil's Due or the some DDP, of the other IDW yeah. continuities. Oh, okay. Well, just with Cobra World Order, when it started, I was reminded of World War Three, which right, yes. was... Yep. Uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, that was something with tons of different stuff going on. And kudos to the people who worked on World War Three for DDP. I think that was sort of one of the crowning storylines in uh, in that whole run, for right. sure. Yeah. Yep. But uh, can I just mention that I love when all the Cobra miscellaneous freelancers get together and are chilling <laughs> and, like, they're in crystal balls, like, plaza, psychic 
shop or whatever, and you've got like Destro and Baroness talking with Zartan, Big Boa, Crystal Ball, Cesspool, Slice and Dice, yep. like. These are the things, like, when you're playing with the toys, you're like, how do these guys fit together? Well, they're not Iron Grenadiers, they're not Crimson Guards, they're not Vipers. These are, like, the miscellaneous dudes, like, you know, your Firefly, Copperhead, Scrap Iron. And then these were, like, the later era guys that got, like, weirder and crazier. So I always love when you, you know, seeing Big Boa hanging out with Crystal Ball and Cesspool <laughs> and Slice and Dice, I'm like, ah! I'm getting, you know, yeah. the nine-year-old in me is just like freaking out like, this is amazing! Yeah. And it's, it's interesting <laughs> because me and S-Jubs commented this on a previous episode that, you know, we've seen Cobra Commander and his only senior member of staff left is Dr. Mindbender and Dr. Mindbender's almost been running the show in the field from tactics and everything surveillance and everything else it's just kind of been obviously larry's got a lot of love for mindbender but a lot of these guys here would have been in the upper hierarchy especially zartan baroness destro even cesspool to a degree i suppose but they're kind of all been on the out so like like you say it's nice to see them all back but it would have been nice for cobra commander to kind of backfill the position of of lieutenants and higher up in the rankings of, of his own organization but we, we never saw we never really got that did we no. Where's it, Major Blood in all this? He's been totally supplanted by the Black Major. Yeah. It's like, you can only have one Major on the team. When did we last see him? Like, I remember when he showed uh, up he, in... He was creeping away from a situation in a, I think, a Latin America He was going to assassinate Lady J, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, 15 but, issues, 20 issues, maybe? Yeah, man. The power situation in that country changed, and Tep... Oh, was it? Oh, sorry, it was Motep. probably in uh, the Middle East or, or Southeast Asia. Southeast oh, Asia, geez. yes. Yeah. One of them. Yeah, Southeast Trucial Asia. Crucial Abysmia. Yeah, no. That was a great two-issue storyline, though. That was the one where they've gone over to, the Joes have sent Lowlight over to assassinate Generalissimo Tep, and uh, mm-hmm. they get orders to stand down, but Lady J gets captured by the Tep and Major Blood, and Major Blood's going to assassinate her. But, um, yeah, that's a good one. But, yeah, we haven't seen Major yeah. Blood since then, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he'll show up. I can't remember. I've read these. I or have I? So I've got all the singles. But like I said previously on a previous episode, I'm about I don't know forty or fifty issues behind in my re- in my read. So mm. I think this might even be new stuff to me. This is first time round for me. Even though I've oh, got this the is floppies. your first time reading it. Yeah, okay, even though I've got cool. all, I've got you know forty floppies going forward from this point, but I've never read them. Hmm. Well, aren't you lucky? <laughs> we'll find out. I guess. <laughs> So maybe blood will turn up. Next issue, really nice that it opens in this kind of soft, focusly framed, uh, wordless panels. I know S Jubs, you are a massive fan of of dialogue-free pages. Yep, it's a visual medium, man. Oftentimes, like the words can detract because they're unnecessary, they're superfluous. It's like over description of what's going on in the panel. Yeah. But yeah, Gallant's visual style is so vivid, you don't need it. Yeah, not even any boxes to say where it is or where it was set. You know, you you you. Well, to... you've got the red crescent instead of the red cross, so we're definitely in a Islamic state. Oh, good catch. Or Islamic country. Yep. Maybe not to invoke IS, but yeah, that is a nice touch to to indicate that we're somewhere in the Middle East. And yeah, it's a it's a popular move to reset Duke's military history to the Middle East as opposed to where it was, which was Southeast Asia back in the day. You know, it's, yeah, that's how things are done. Yes, yes. That's where the Joes got their conflict experience before joining up. Yeah, and we see uh, Duke take a sucking chest wound, 
which is another Larry Harmerism without the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Brutal. That looks lethal, man. That looks like when Fred Seven shot Cobra Commander in the back. <laughs> ah, it does evoke that. Yeah. Great, great catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But yeah, a really nice change of pace almost to set up the the beginning of the issue because, you know, there was a time where I think we commented, I think this was before you came on as co-host S-Jubs, but there was a a period of time where every issue opened with a splash page. We've got it again here, um, albeit with a dialogue-less page, but... You know, it, it there Gallant's able to convey and Harmer's able to convey a great backstory in a few pages w- with no dialogue, and then we get the the nightmare-induced Duke waking up and uh, clearly has a lot of repressed angst and feelings and memories which he's been able to um, stay on top of, but uh, you know, seeing his wife has brought it all back to the surface. We're confronting the old PTSD issues here. I mean. This is not just a nightmare. This actually happened, and he's got the scar to prove it. Yes. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's bringing in that, yeah, just in feeling that weight that, you know, Larry is so good at bringing in. It's like, okay, we're going to balance all this wacky, crazy Cobra stuff happening with, you know, here's some real-world, you know, situations that happen to these soldiers, and... Um, and it's it's great. I was rereading the Mangler issue of Special Missions. I was saying oh, I was yeah. going through them earlier, oh, and that's nice. I mean, wow! Like what a you know, especially for that era and for a comic book based on a toy line. You know, Special Missions thirteen was just such a great issue. And, yeah, um, yeah, unexpected. When Larry, yeah. when Larry covers that type of thing, you know, it's 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 good. Yeah, I think we've been saying for for a while, haven't we? Some of the the best recent issues have been the ones that felt Special Mission esque. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Flicking back to the toys. <laughs> no, you, elsewhere in the pit. This is the the incorrect uh, okay. recolor that I, I spoke on earlier. Yes. Oh yeah, there it is. It's a brown clearly Mobat. a Mobat design, but it's in tan. Which mm. hey man, I would have bought Mobats in tan all day. Yeah, who's to say they don't have one? Yeah, they look good. In yeah, that you know, yeah. great. It was parked behind the uh, chaplain's assistant motor pool, and uh, they finally just got it out. And they're like, hey, let's bring out the, the tan Mobat. <laughs> yeah, and they brought out the green Mobat at Snake Eyes' funeral. But, yeah. uh, you know, I failed to mention that on the pod, so I guess that, that little factoid is dead to us. But, yes, oftentimes these two tanks swap their color The pads. green, do you mean the green Mauler? Snake oh, that one, sorry. Green Mauler, yeah. The one with the M. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there was a green Mauler in uh, Snake right. Eyes' funeral. I didn't see that. Mm. Good catch by S-Jubs. He never, nothing slips past him. But I am very confused <laughs> about how well-known the Joe team is to all these, all these special brass pull-up, pretty much from every uh, military organization or... What they list it off, don't they? They say uh, Navy SEALs, Recon Marines, Air Force Combat Controllers, Coast Guard, MSRT, Delta Force, Air Force, Air Mobility Command, Army Aviation, and Navy and Marine Aviation. And they're almost having to explain the existence of G.I. Joe to all these people. But I thought G.I. Joe was had been outed, so to speak. Or uh, You know what they say about military intelligence? I was confused by this also. Or have I misinterpreted the, the scenes and... They are aware of Joe, but they're just filling him in on a bit of backstory. I don't know. I, I really was unsure. 
Yeah, I I found that a little odd too. I mean, but maybe they're all like, "Hey, this is where you took all our best airmen and Navy SEALs and like all our because <laughs> GI Joe's supposed to be the best of the best, right? So they just it's like, oh, I wondered. This is where Beachhead wound up. <laughs> what happened to that guy? He was so good. <laughs> yeah, good question. Where is Beachhead? Damn it, he hasn't had any page time in ages. Yeah, you know, like the, your old co-workers that were just, they were really great to work with, you know? And then they just disappeared. Oh, yeah, glad to see Outback landed on his feet. That's fantastic. <laughs> but he wasn't called Outback then, obviously. <laughs> or glad, glad to see Crazy Legs landed on his feet, oh, perhaps, nice, yeah. would be the better... So we've got basically Duke explaining to the all these brass. No, it's Hawk, isn't it? Not Duke. Yeah, Hawk's back from Southampton. Yes, he's back, he's back from Southampton, and <laughs> he's explaining, you know, what Cobra's got going on, and he's got some high capacity USB sticks, which will bring everyone up to speed, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> Nothing to plug them into, though. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, take them away with you. Take them away. <laughs> T- take a swig oh, of I've water. I've got the and... new Apple. I need to adapt it. It doesn't take USBs. <laughs> <laughs> you notice the page before, uh, you know, they've got a Navy man and an Air Force guy and an Army guy, and it's, uh, you know, good old monkey see, monkey do. What? No, speak no ear, evil, hear no evil, see no evil. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Shannon. <laughs> Caught that. We haven't seen the jugglers in a while, right? Like, that's a throwback. Big time. Yeah, we have not seen those guys. I think Larry's just playing in the sandbox and bringing everything he can, just chucking everything, you know, not chucking everything in the wall and seeing what sticks, because for me, all of it's sticking. So everything that's in here is is a worthy addition, and just all these callbacks is just, it just kind of reinvigorated me mm. in these issues. Just had a real blast, which is nice. And to partially answer your question, Chief, so it seems these high-ranking military dudes, don't, they aren't specifically aware of G.I. Joe's activities, but they are aware that G.I. Joe answers to the jugglers. Yes. So they know about the top-secret cabal of generals in the Pentagon called jugglers, and they know that the G.I. Joe is affiliated to them. But yeah, it seems like their exact... Uh, activities are a mystery to the other, you know, the greater military community, which is unfortunate in times like these when they want to mobilize a major offensive against Cobra uh, sleeper agents and the rest of the kind of, I don't know, the assets in the American military industrial complex are not up to speed. Yeah. It's like response time is going to be down. Yeah. Because the world <laughs> must know about Cobra at this point. Of course, yeah. Big yeah. time. And who do they think are combating this Cobra Menace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's not them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it would be on the news everywhere, you know, people would have... like. Yeah. We know. don't see Cobra engaged with regular military forces, do we, ever? There's a story, there's some stories to be told. You know, Co- Cobra engaged with other forces, you know, outside of G.I. Joe's purview, you know, in a, in a mm-hmm. remote corner of the world. Well, it, I, I'm not sure how it works exactly militarily, but like, um, you know, one of the, the officers throws Homeland Security under the bus. It's like, why are we dealing with this? This is Homeland Security's yeah. job to field this foul ball. <laughs> nice. Larry Harmon. <laughs> yes. A little bit of a sporting reference there. Yeah, he loves it. I would love to see an issue where... Captain Gridiron makes an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, they just go recruit. They're like, we need another sports-themed guy. Yes. So, uh, you know, let's just show up at an foul army ball. base. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> who's your best? Who's your best sporting army man? Yeah. Please uh, tell me. We need we need an infantry man who plays hockey. Yeah, what do you lacrosse. got? Lacrosse. <laughs> yeah, what have you got? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> but they're just going and picking everybody up, and yeah. it's like you know they show up at NASA and like they oh we'll take uh, payload. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? He was our best guy. It's like sorry, NASA. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a Geraldo or uh, Hector Ramirez conspiracy yeah, right. thing. He's like the world's greatest armed forces keep getting, <laughs> you know, their best uh, <laughs> their best members are mysteriously disappearing. Oh, that's another plot. As I'd like to see that as a you know some kind of medium, maybe as a song, maybe maybe as a rap song. I don't know if someone can do that. But um, as if Duke waking up in cold sweats isn't enough, now he's under review and surveillance from his own team members which is really nice couple of pages where everyone needs to decide you know is he is he still fit for service so yeah mm-hmm. nice to see that there are consequences to this subplot it's like is you know can is duke um compromised yeah and of course throwdown has the last word with his you mean snake eyes has F- the last word we don't call him throwdown apologies anymore. yes Oh, man, it was so cruel when they were going through the Darren Crimson Guardsman's um, residence that had been cleared out. And all the kind of Joes that were checking out rooms were like sort of like singing out to to each other, like, check the top floor, clear, check the kitchen, clear. And then it cuts to snake eyes. It's like, well, what's he supposed to do? He can't respond. And who is it that name checks him as throwdown? Uh, Was it Clutch? It gets corrected. One of the OG 13 guys. Yeah, Scarlet corrects him, yeah. Uh, Cobra Commander does finally pull the trigger here with his uh, bewitched, entranced, fascinated code word. And then that's what everyone's been waiting for. That's what the readers have been waiting for to see what's actually going to happen. We don't see what actually goes on, but we see all the locations across uh, the USA where all the sleeper agents are being activated and it's like kind of a tense time because well framed we don't see the agents themselves it's just high high shots of all these industries where big shit's going to go down I totally heard the 24 chimes at that moment in the issue right you know what I mean man at the end of every 24 episode it's like that's where the pulse pounding stuff starts happening. Yeah, the, the, of course they do. Music for someone's uh, Canadian, uh, you know, treasure. <laughs> of course, of course. The tension is <laughs> oh, ramping man. up high here, big time. Mm. And then, and then, and then we stop, and we have to wait a week. You, you have to wait a week to listen to the next uh, part of the tale on Talking Joe. But I mean, reading this back in the day, Wordberg. It was two weeks. What was it like, man? Because it says coming in two weeks, part five. Oh, very good. It was bi-weekly. Or fortnightly. I was very excited. And IDW, when they launched this, there was a big push. You know, because sometimes these titles get ignored. And, you know, IDW, I think, has done a great job of with all those licensed things from G.I. Joe. Obviously, Transformers has been kicking ass. And the Ninja Turtles stuff has been great. And Gem and every everything they've been doing. Even My Little Pony, right? If you're into My Little Pony, like... Oh, the Gem book done was a great. great job with those comics, right? The G.I. Joe... You know, it would kind of go peaks and valleys of getting promotion. But when Cobra World Order came back, I think I was actually, I was working, I was still working part-time at Silver Snail when these were coming out. Let me see what year this was. 
Um, These would have been 2015, were they? Let me just. Oh yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't working at the shop anymore, but I was still there like every week, just getting my books. But um, I was th- there when it relaunched for sure, and like all that IDW stuff. I mean, that was years ago now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, there was a lot of excitement just when you were asking about reading it and as it was coming out off the stands. I just felt like a renewed energy and a, and a big push because if you think about it, yeah, 2015, there wasn't too much going on with Joe. I mean, obviously, we had, like, the Joe Cons going on. That was, what Joe Con was 2015? No, it was 2015 Colorado? Colorado was the first one I went to. Springfield. Oh, Springfield. In 2015. So 2016 was Colorado. That nice. was the first one I went to, I think. Uh, I'll tell you, I should know. <laughs> Loveland, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, because that was the... Uh, I should know that because that's the summer I got married. <laughs> that I went there for my... That was my bachelor trip. I went to uh, oh, G.I. Joe Con. That's how I spent it. Nice. It was Win. the best. Win. Yeah. I did a pub crawl, okay? <laughs> you got to go to Joe Con. Yeah. Damn it. Advantage yeah, word a- burglar. It was amazing. Yeah, that was a fantastic time. Shout out anyone who was at that Colorado JoeCon. That was a great, great, amazing weekend. Mm, Good stuff, good stuff. Well, these three issues have definitely left me looking forward to reading the next three and discussing them on on next week's episode. So we can't yo-jo cola this because it's... Um, not the end of a storyline. Obviously, we'll do that next week. We'll check in with the Burgernator to get his score for this series. We'll add it to the master list, uh, etched in stone. Mm-hmm. But good stuff overall. I think all three of us have, have had a fun time here and pleasantly surprised for me and S-Jubs, I think. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, we are running long, so we're skipping Toy Talk this week, but there will be more Toy Talk next week. But we do have to confuse people, so it's time for Over-Egging the Pudding, a.k.a. Commonwealth Colloquialisms. And I think I got that the wrong way around, but anyway, play that jingle. We got a pudding. We got a pudding. We're gonna over-egg that pudding. Ain't got no criticisms. We got some Commonwealth colloquialisms. Okay, so I think the Burgenator is stepping up to the plate here as well. So we're going to have four confusing bits of slang or phrase for our mainly US listeners. Um, so uh, break it out. First one, let's, uh, you can bookend us, S-Jubs. What's your first one? I'm rooted. You're rooted. This is an Aussie colloquialism. Okay, and that is R-O-O-T-E-D? Yes. Okay. Ooh, You're rooted. rooted. You are drunk, I'm saying. Okay. Woodbergy, any guesses, buddy? I'm rooted. Nah, man, I'm rooted. Tired, exhausted, you don't want to move. Very good, but this operates on two levels because <laughs> it's the equivalent of the UK colloquialism, I'm shagged, which means you're tired, but yes. I mean, the origin of shag is, you know, screwing. Intercourse. <laughs> so yeah. rooting is actually intercourse. Yes. Uh, but if you are rooted in that sense, it means you're tired, you're exhausted. Huh? Ah. Huh. And now Very you know. Good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, that's a deep one. Burgenator, what have that's you got good. for us? Have you got a uh, have you got a Canadian um, Commonwealth collection? Well, it's us? not super colloquial, but one of my favorite words is a, of Canadian origin. Um, yes. And it's the word saffonsified. 
Safonsified. Yes, and I've actually I've Ooh. used it in some in songs before, but Safonsified. To be Safonsified. I have no idea. Uh, Safonsified. To be gobsmacked. <laughs> to Amazed. Be struck dumb. No, it's it's essentially to be uh, extra satisfied. Especially oh. at dinner. So if someone has fed you a whole bunch of lasagna and they say, hey, would, you know, Steve, Chief, would you like some more lasagna? No, I'm sufficiently saffonsified. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, oh, it's a great word. And uh, yeah, apparently it, did, it does originate from Canada originally. So um, who knows? Okay. Great but you, you rarely, rarely hear it. But I, I always like any opportunity to, to drop it into a conversation or a rap. Okay. Um, <laughs> so if I told you I was Starkers. Oh, come on, Chief. Is that too easy? Naked? There you go. It is, yeah. yeah. Maybe that is a British colloquialism that has made its way uh, around the globe, maybe. Poor show. Mm-hmm. Finally, gentlemen, if you were driving down the road uh, in South Africa and you encountered a robot, what are you looking at? I am looking at a a robot, a traffic light. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. Is it? Wow. Oh, nice. On the money. Yes, Mm. apparently... Well, I always thought it was because some like old school sci-fi film came out around about the same time uh, traffic lights were introduced in South Africa, but uh, the internet seems to think that the etymology is just you know people used to call them robot policemen, you know because before that obviously you had a a traffic officer directing traffic, so you now have this blinking light thing that does it automatically. <laughs> it's a it's a robot. What else has blinking lights? Robots. Like for like Forbidden Planets? Yeah. Must have been like that. I like that. It's like calling your phone your pants computer. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Except um, in your, in the case of pants computer, you're kind of taking a shorter term and making it longer. Uh, Whereas yes. traffic lights, robot, come on. That shit needs to catch on. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that in everyday life to my confused. <laughs> Take a left the at the robots. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, good luck. Very good, very good. More R2, confusion. is that you? <laughs> More confusion <laughs> next week, as always. Uh, right now, though, we've got to go to uh, listener questions because it's time for... We asked you a question. The listeners are going to give us some questions. But the questions aren't for us. They're for Word Burglar, and he's going to try and answer the questions. Oh, I had no idea what was happening. You can there. really um, carry a tune, Chief. That was I'm not sure amazing. about that, but um, <laughs> before we get to the listener questions, it's time for a G.I. Joe pop quiz, pop quiz. It's a G.I. Joe pop quiz, pop quiz question two. You're feeling great. You have tickets to the hottest live event going, the sold-out, much-anticipated battle royale between Tommy, Storm Shadow Rashikage, and Logan the Wolverine. These two titans of martial arts perfection and fighting prowess are set to face off in ultimate combat. No mercy, no surrender. Two enter, one leaves. Who wins when they face off in a game of chess? Hmm. I gotta go Wolverine only because he's been around longer. Okay. (laughs) He's He's way older than Tommy, so he's had more experience. Okay, he's a chess grandmaster if you didn't know. That is right. like, oh, you're right. 
No, I don't know. I'm get, I, I made that up. Oh, <laughs> if Tommy is a chess grandmaster. I think oh, is he? No, I don't know. I don't know if he oh. is. But I no, would, I don't know. That would I'm be just... a, a fun, obscure fact. But I would go with Wolverine because just because he's like 100 years old or something. Yes, yes. He's probably <laughs> played a few games of chess in his yeah. time. <laughs> a sword fight is like a game of chess. You must think first before you move. <laughs> Wasn't there a Wu-Tang song that, uh, yes, that little man. sample? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mystery of chess boxing. Okay. Um, we've got some questions here. They Gone said, will there be a theory that surpasses postmodernism? <laughs> <laughs> or, or what's the one figure you know once they come out with it in the line, it will be around for a while? <sighs> Voltar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess all the major ones are out already, aren't they? I guess we're talking about, I assume we're talking about action figures here, but... Um, I would say a Dreadnought, because if they release ooh. one Dreadnought, that gives you a bit of hope that, well, if they put out Buzzer, they got to come out with at least Ripper and Torch, and then yeah, Road man. Pig, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I found my old Ripper, me and Steve found, well, I found my Ripper in the, uh, uh, that's not a colloquialism, by the way, uh, found my uh, action figure <laughs> you Ripper. Ripper. Oh, it is a ripper in Australia, I guess, yeah. Uh, found that, and I was uh, hadn't seen it for ages. I was like, oh, I, the Dreadnoughts are cool action figures, man, and I'd, I'd love a six-inch line of them, but uh, yeah, good one, good one. Um, G.I. Joe, Nerdland, since I listen to Welcome to Cobra Island at least once a week, can we expect a follow-up Joe album in the future? Well, I know you've kind of mentioned that you've tinkered and started, but maybe not finished um, some other Joe songs, so is there a chance of you know combining those into an album do you think there i would say is there there is a very good chance Ooh. i have many ideas i'd love to see if this vinyl can get funded and if i do it it'll be for me because the first album was all about doing it for me and i'm so happy with how it came together and it's the perfect length and i cut songs from that and i have many other ideas for songs and a lot of songs that are started a couple that have actually been finished and uh i've trickled out there was one that came out on i had an album called rhyme your business and there's a song yeah. on there called uh wrong ralph pulaski cobra apocalypse part one so i would certainly like to continue the story that started in that song but on top of that yeah i mean it's tricky because it is for all intents and purposes it's you know, I'm making it's it's fan fiction. So yeah. the line of how much I can do mm. can get a little tricky. I think uh, there's certainly a lot I'd like to do. Listen, if IDW or Hasbro or somebody called me tomorrow and said, "Let's do a comic book song compilation with comic books that illustrate." all new songs and you get free downloads of the music when you buy the comic book yeah you're in oh my god I've, I'd be like man I could do that for 500 <laughs> issues <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know I mean if there was something like that certainly if there was some kind of an official capacity where there was something that almost maybe could have happened but uh, hmm. yeah I would uh, for now I think it will just have to remain fan fiction and uh, okay. i would love to so let me just say that and uh hopefully in 2021 because i think there's a few things cooking in the land of joe uh there's right. like a new movie coming out maybe so mm. uh yeah, you yeah, know yeah. snake eyes wrote a lot of letters i'll leave it at that 
Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> we wait with anticipation. Come on, come on, uh, everyone that's involved uh, in pulling the strings. Pull them strings. Um, Jim says, out of these three classics, which deserves the mantle of greatest rap intro song to a show ever? Is it the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, or Flag Points? <laughs> and does he remember the lyrics to all three well thank you so much i have to go with flag points flag points yeah. podcast i don't know who did that intro but wow that was fantastic and shout out dave and all the flag points i actually when i did the intro for the flag points podcast dave and i had become pretty good friends i guess over uh over podcasting and, and just joe nerdery and in a lot of ways doing that flag points podcast back in the day really helped introduce me to a lot of great people in the joe community so i will never forget what flag points and uh that whole community uh gave me and and fandom so shout out flag points again can't yes. can't give them enough props great podcast and still you know great listen if you can go find it i think they're up on 3djoes.com so yeah yeah yep. mm-hmm. very cool I think that about wraps it up. One one last question from me. Um, is there any other franchise that you haven't yet kind of uh, put lyrics to that that would really float your boat, or have you? Well, I've always wanted to do a clawful triclops uh, team up song. <laughs> right. Interesting. Okay. I'm. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen. It, being a, a child of the '80s, we had obviously GI Joe and Transformers, Star Wars. But there's so many He-Man, Visionaries. I mean, there are so many things. My new album, which I'm working on now, there's at least one track that I think '80s Sunbow aficionados will uh, will understand. Okay. So. Um, it's, it's got some monsters in it. I'll leave it there. Okay, keep the peepers, keep the peepers ready yeah. for that then. Uh, uh, but I'm yes, there's tons and tons of stuff, and uh, I like to do like with my albums, like I like to, I like doing kind of like mixtape songs, which are just you know just a whole variety of different tracks, and then I yes. like to have albums that that stick to a theme, right? So Space First, you mentioned Welcome to Cobra Island, you know those those are following themes. Um, so there's I've, I've got a theme. I've got a couple themed projects I'm working on and a couple like mixtape projects. So uh, obviously with COVID bumping the road, it's been a bit of a rocky year, but hopefully 2021, there's going to be um, a bunch of new stuff that I'm going to be able to, uh, to share with people. So, um, Very cool. and thank you. Thanks for all these questions. Like I'm I've, honestly, the fact that anyone even enjoys listening to this stuff, cause I've just always kind of made it for me and my friends. So when I meet people who, who dig the music I'm making, I'm like, wow, we're probably going to be friends then if <laughs> <laughs> if you get my sense of humor or you you dig this stuff too so uh i really appreciate uh all your support guys and uh um and yeah everybody who who sent in questions so yo joe Excellent. to all of you guys for sure very good very good we want to say a massive shout out to the word burglar burgy the burgernator burger source rex <laughs> for coming on the show and uh dropping the insight on joe as a whole so thanks to that and please go and check out um wordburglar.com where you're going to find all the information about the project uh, let's get this vinyl funded people we can do it we can do it and um obviously a big thanks to co-host sjub7 who is now falling asleep at 1am and he's got to get up and uh, <laughs> do some actual working man's work tomorrow so <laughs> hopefully you can at least get some shut eye but go and check out gi joe Berg for all the latest stuff going on over there there's a patreon as well and um 
uh, a new episode of Chief's Toy Box, episode five, where I go through G.I. Joe weapons and we match them up with some of my figures from the box and Steve helps out with that. So that will be coming in the next few days. Don't worry about editing that right now, Steve. You need oh, to Oh, no, so. Chief, that's already out. <laughs> oh, shit, is it? That sounds amazing. Send me the link. It's out by the time this podcast drops. So. Okay, well, there's Ooh. a... Oh, yeah, of course it is, because we are in your past, but our future, but someone's present. So by the time it is, yes, it will be out, so yes. So open that present. Reach <laughs> so into open the that box, present, yes, yes. Pull it reach out. Reach into the box. <laughs> um, you can find... I don't really do much. Uh, you can go to Chiefy Two Shoes on Instagram or Twitter and see my daily art posts of uh, commissioned comic art I've had done over the years for me. But um, with all that said and done, we will see you down the road. We've been talking, Joe. And we're all out of Joe's. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yo, Yo Joe! Go! It was 81. I was trying to leave the war behind. Looking for peace and a place I could store my mind. In the forest ponds of the high Sierras. Of course, what was sure to find me there was fate. It's got a funny way of catching up to you. Sarge tracked me. Offered up a substitute to catch a rabbits for dinner with my bare hands. They were starting a team. I was a rare man. Hadn't heard from Tommy since he abandoned. The clan in Japan had to disband it. And I'll be candid. I let the solitude get to me. Wasn't done yet with destiny. Told Lonzo, tell me about your team. He said, welcome, you're number 13 Lucky me, thinking things couldn't get worse I took the code name, hoping I could shed my curse It was time to serve my country once more So I left the wolves at my front door And joined up as the ranking commando Convinced I had the future in my hands So pass the ammo and the mission brief And let them know I got a history of giving grief With my trusty spike knuckle trench knives Watch me carve these snakes into french fries Accept the fear, don't let it steer you When you move with the wind, no one can hear you Fates your friend one day, the next it takes lives Assume the worst, but count on snake eyes Now they say you win them with the hearts and minds And I thought I was done sharing parts of mine Till the day I met the woman of my dreams She was putting an ass whooping on my team She had scarlet hair and love crossbows We worked well together, got close, lost souls But I was living in fear that my bad luck Would touch anyone near And sure enough, we got sent on a rescue op And a helicopter engine flop Deja vu, they were screaming to get clear When I saw she was trapped by her web gear She told me just leave her to die Then the gas blew up like the Fourth of July, pushed her aside, tried to tell her she was safe, as the flames were melting off my face. They said I'd never talk and look human again, but given the choice, I'd do it again. More than friends, I couldn't live without her. No need to speak, actions are louder, so don't ask why I have to have a mask. Just keep the lips off my balaclava, and my sticks in your sights, son. Charlie, Mike, stay till the fight's won. Accept the fear, don't let it steer you. When you move with the wind, no one can hear you. Fates your friend one day, the next it takes lives Assume the worst, but count on snake eyes <laughs>